0: Thank you for listening to our podcast from Crossroads, South Arkansas. I am teaching pastor David Preston, Jr. I pray the words you hear today speak to you on a personal level and help bring you into a closer relationship with Jesus. Thanks again for joining us.
1: Father, you are greater than anything that we could ever do. God, for the people today who are watching, who think that God, there's just so much that we've done in our lives, there's no way that a holy God could possibly love us. God, I pray that we would all remember that your victory through Jesus on the cross is greater than anything that we could ever even imagine. God, that we can't do anything so bad that you won't take us or take us back. And God, we pray this morning that we would definitely understand that you are our place to go to. That you are our refuge, you are our place, our safe place. And God, I pray this morning that we would we would learn a little bit more today about how to fight our battles, Lord, how to how to navigate life in this crazy place in the world that we live in. God, sin can be great in our lives, but God, you are greater remember that this morning and it's in your name that we pray all these things amen
0: hey good morning everybody thank you cliff for leading us this morning and uh getting us uh ready for for our service this morning and leading us to the throne uh it's been a been a good week and miss you guys and even if it's through car windshields we miss seeing you in person um yeah, but uh this is what the 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 hand we were dealt and you know we're going to make the best of it and I know some other churches are, are starting to get back in their sanctuaries and that's a great thing and we're we're still working on the best plan for that and for our church and for our people and and uh, the best timing for that as well. And so uh, we're going to keep doing what we feel like the Lord's telling us to do until we get to that point where we can get back in and hopefully that'll be sooner rather than later. Um, but we're thankful for what, uh, thankful for what the uh, Lord has done through these drive-in services, through our online services. Um, you know, it's, it's been a great thing. And, and our church is, uh, has grown through this, uh, not just in number, but in spirit. And I believe that, that God has shown that he's working through these situations. Uh, today's sermon title is Fight or Flight. Um, most of you know and you've been in situations where you've been faced with something that you've, you, you've had fear staring you in the face. And the normal human response, what's been put into our bodies, into our brains, is we either fight that fear or we run from it. Fight or flight. And we're going to look today at a story in the Bible where the disciples were with Jesus. And we're going to look at whether or not they were fighting this situation or whether they were running from it and i think we can learn a lot from this in the in this scripture when i was first starting out in ministry this set of scriptures was one of the first sermons i ever felt the lord gave to me and uh i remember the first few times that i used these scriptures in a sermon and the message i preached then is different than the message i preach today and not because what I did first was wrong. It's just because the Lord uses the same scriptures, the same Bible and the same words to teach you in a different way um, every time you read it. Uh, And so this is gonna be a little bit different from the first time I preached it, but we're still learning. And that's what's great about the Bible. It's a living book. It's a book that doesn't just mean the same thing at one time. It's something that changes and can change you every time you read it. We're gonna look at Matthew chapter eight, verses 23 through 27, Matthew chapter eight, twenty-three through 27. It says this in verse 23, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this Sunday that you've provided a way for us to meet together Even when we can't meet together, Lord, we just thank you for making a way and always making a way for us no matter what the situation is. Lord, we just ask you to bless us this morning. Let us hear exactly what you have for us and we give you the praise and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit off of what my original sermon is about because one of the things that I've tried to do here lately and I've seen, I heard another person talking about this and it kind of challenged me was to find the little nuggets in the Bible that maybe you've missed before and when I was talking about preaching this sermon before a lot of times those little nuggets are so simple that we don't spend time on them we don't look at things deep enough to find the simple things of the Bible I fully believe that every time Jesus is mentioned in the Bible that there's a lesson for us in those words what he did, what he was doing is a demonstration for how we're supposed to live life. Cliff mentioned earlier the storms that came through last night. And I know our two older kids had gone to their rooms to get ready for bed and to to uh, go, go to their rooms for the night. And we were getting ready to lay the twins down to their beds. And we were just all sitting there getting ready to, to end the day. And uh, we got the, the warnings that the storms were coming in. And next thing we know, both big kids were downstairs. The little kids didn't know what was going on, but they were there. And we were all huddled together waiting on that storm to pass. Uh, some people were more concerned than others. Some people were scared. Some people had some fear. It, that's a normal reaction. But what I want us to see is this little nugget here in these scriptures. Very first off, I fully believe that when Jesus got on that ship to go across to the other side, he knew there was a storm coming. He knew what was about to happen. And even though he knew what was about to happen, he went down into the hull of that ship and he laid down and he went to sleep. He took a nap. And I think that's a little picture for us. Everything is used to show us what we're supposed to do. Jesus laying down in that boat knowing a storm was coming in the midst of the storm. What was he doing? He was sleeping. Does that mean last night when those storms were coming, we should have went to the bed and just went to sleep and not worried about it? That's not what I'm saying. But the point I want you to see, he demonstrated for us that even in the midst of the storm, in the middle of a storm, he was at peace. He knew what was coming. He knew what was about to happen. And he was showing us that in the middle of the storm, you can find peace and you can find rest and you can be okay. That's something that I've looked at that and never thought of from that angle. But when you try to find those little, and it's simple, when you try to find those little simple things that Jesus demonstrated to us, you can just see how it can impact us. When we're in the middle of the storm, he wants us to have peace. He had peace. So when we're there, he wants us to have that peace that Only he can give. So he's on this ship. He's asleep. They're going across, uh, the lake and this storm comes up out of nowhere. Um, if you've ever been out, I know uh dad used to tell a story when they were younger that they were out on Lake Millwood and, and it was notorious for storms popping up and to get caught out there was a scary thing. And this is what the disciples were doing. They were crossing the lake and a storm popped up out of nowhere. The waves were so big that they were crashing over into the boat and it sent them into a panic. They went from this panic down to where Jesus was and they were shouting, the Bible says they screamed. they shouted, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Now, we're talking about fight or flight. And if I asked you right now, those disciples going to Jesus, were they fighting or were they running? What would your answer be? My initial reaction to that, my initial answer would be that that was a flight response. They saw the storm, the waves were coming in, they got scared and they, had a flight response to run from it, to go to Jesus. But, you know, here's the thing is it very well could have been a fighting response too. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, Paul tells us in the New Testament a little bit later on in the Bible that it's when, when we when we are weak, that's when he is strong. And our weakness is, is when he shows his strength and when he helps us the most. You know, and the disciples were in a moment of weakness. And in that moment of weakness, Jesus was allowed to show his strength and was allowed to show what he is able to do. Now, there's a couple of things we're going to talk about between there that shows That'll determine what you're doing, whether you're fighting or whether you're running. You know, we're in a time of uncertainty that we just don't know. You know, other churches have started to open up. Some churches are still doing online. I counted it up this morning, and this is the ninth. This is the ninth week since we've been able to meet together in our building. So sixty-three days, and sixty-three days uh, is a long time. There's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, Cliff and Hutch and I talk usually the first. Two or three days of the week, we'll have two or three different conversations on ideas. Can we do this? Should we do this? What can we do? And we we are throwing around different ideas and just seeing if there's a way or what the best uh, possibility to do. Then when we have a good idea, we'll pray about it and we come up with the best solution that we feel like the Lord is telling us. But there's a lot of uncertainty during this time. There's a lot of things that we don't know, but... I was listening to a sermon as I was getting ready this morning and that pastor said this, you know, we've been in this time of uncertainty and it seems like that we're running out of options. We're running out of things. We, we, we're really impatient right now. We're really in a position where we're just ready to go. But the Israelites had to wait 40 years. They had to wait sometimes an entire generation. And we're struggling right now on 63 days. You know, God has a plan. He has a timing. And as frustrating and as as hard, as difficult as these 63 days are, think about what the Israelites went through. Think about what they had to wait on, 40 years, 70 years. They had to wait an entire generation at times to get the promises that God promised them. So, you know, we're in this time of uncertainty. We're in this time where it's easy to want to try to fix things and go and do what we need to do. But sometimes we just need to run to God. Sometimes we just need to run to Him and tell Him what our problems are and let Him solve them for us. You know, that pastor I heard this morning said this in a way that I had not thought about it before. You know, we we all have empty spaces in our hearts, empty, empty spaces in our lives. And those are the spaces that God comes to fill. Those are the spaces that he comes and fills up for us. Any space in our life that's open that we don't let God come and fill is a space that the enemy can come and attack. And when the enemy comes and attacks those empty spaces that we have in our lives that we haven't allowed God to fill is when we allow fear and we allow doubt and we allow any emotion that the enemy's wanting to put into our lives there. It's important that we fill ourselves with God, that we fill our hearts with him. Any empty space in our life, we let God fill that space. And it's at that time in the middle of those storms, we can be at peace. We can be asleep, so to speak, like Jesus was on this ship. You know, God works in those empty spaces. God works in those empty places in our lives. Think about this. The nation of Israel was started in an empty womb that wasn't supposed to have kids. Think about that. That's an empty space that God filled. It was the nation of Israel was started in an empty space that was supposed to have no use for that person. And instead, God filled it and look where we are today. What's happened in your life? What empty space have you had that God has filled and turned nothing into something? He's done it. There's places if you go back and look, you're going to find things that God has done in your life where you felt there was no hope. You felt that there was no outcome that was going to be great. You felt like you had lost. And God filled that empty space and made something positive happen of it. The disciples at this time on the boat felt like they were in an empty space. The waves were coming over. They felt the boat was going to sink. They felt they were going to drown. They felt like they were about to die. But here's the thing. They had Jesus on the boat. They had him on the ship. And they realized There was nothing they could do in their own power. And if anybody was going to save them, it was going to be him. So they ran to him. You know, here's the thing where we're talking about fight or flight. When you're in a situation in your life that you can't handle, just because you run to God doesn't mean it's a flight response that you're running away from that problem. Sometimes running to God is fighting harder than you could fight on your own. And you have to remember that running to God and giving him your problems is not a sign of weakness. When we're weak, that's when he's strong. Us running to God and giving him our problems is when he is our strength. And we don't have to rely on ourselves. That's what the disciples did here. They ran to the, uh, to the Lord and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And then here was Jesus's response. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Now, when I first used these verses in a sermon, I would think about those questions. They ran to Jesus. They went to where there's save their their savior was he was going to save them and they asked him for help and the first thing he said was where is your faith why would he ask that question when we go to God right now in our lives and we go to God with our problems and we ask him say God help us with this what is his response is it thank you for bringing that to me let me help you out or is it where is your faith that's what comes from our hearts, those those spaces we have in our hearts. If God has filled our hearts, there's no fear, there's no worry, there's no doubt because God has filled those places in our heart. And when we take them to him, he has the plan laid out for us. And we're not going in a spirit of fear, we're going in a spirit of surrender. A lot of times, and I've told y'all many times before, one of my biggest weaknesses in life is when I see a problem in front of me, I want to try to fix it. I don't want to wait. I want to say this is wrong. How can we make this right? Let's get it done. And a lot of times I try to do things on my own terms. I don't wait on God's response. And I end up messing up things worse than they were before. You know, we have to wait and see what God's plan is because a lot of times his plan is different than ours. His timing is different than ours. And we need to see what his timing is and wait on his timing and be patient. I fully believe with Jesus on that boat, if they had not ran to him and woke him up, he would have eventually gotten up and the storm would have stopped. It would have either stopped because he told it to, or it would have stopped because the God said it's not going to stop. But that wasn't the plan. The plan all along was for him to be at peace, the storm to come up, the disciples run to him and let him show them how powerful he truly was. We have to realize in our lives that going to God and crying out to him is as much as fighting as it would have been if God gave us a sling and said, go kill that giant. A lot of times we think that we fight our battles by going and doing something and trying to take care of it on our own. You know, when David was sitting there about to face Goliath, God told him what to do. He went and got the stones. He had his sling and he stood up to the giant, to Goliath, and he stood there without fear and God delivered him. That's a fighting response. But just because God doesn't tell us to go get stones and go get your sling and go face the giant doesn't mean that we're not fighting. What determines whether we're fighting with God or we're running from fear is what's in our heart. Are we running to God with the spirit of surrender to him or are we running with the spirit of fear? If our heart is full with God, if we know he's in control of our lives, when we have that problem or that issue or that storm that we can't seem to crack, that we can't seem to figure out and we go to God and we say, God, I can't do this and I need you. That's a spirit of surrender. That's a spirit of giving it to him because our heart is full and we know he's going to take care of it. So we surrender that problem to him and then he leads our path. He might say, hey, go get your sling and go grab some rocks and let's fight this battle together. Or he might just say, watch this. And he speaks to the problem. He speaks to the winds and the waves and they disappear. That's fighting, whether you get to sit back and watch what God does or whether he puts you in the middle of the fight. When you do it with the spirit of surrender and he's guiding your steps, you're fighting either way. So we have to ask ourselves, are we going to God in a spirit of fear or a spirit of surrender? When I asked earlier, if you took what the disciples did on this ship, on this boat, would you consider that a fight response or a flight response. I told you my initial thoughts would be that it would be a flight response. It was running from the problem, but at least they knew where to go. You know, sometimes in life we have problems and we might run from them, but where do we go? Do we go and try to do things on our own or do we go to God and ask him to help us? Even in our weaknesses, even when we're struggling with something, even if we do have a spirit of fear, it's important that we know where to go. And the disciples did that on that boat. I can't sit here and say for sure whether the disciples went to Jesus that day in a spirit of fear or a spirit of surrender. I can't say because I don't know their hearts. But I wanted to I want to say that you can take what Jesus said and it gives you a pretty good idea. He asked them, "Where's the why are they afraid?" Where is their faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and waves. What he said is important. What they said after that might be even more important to give you an idea of where their hearts were at that time. The verse 27 says, the disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked, even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this man? I'm amazed. Even the winds and the waves obey him. They knew to go to Jesus in their fear, but what were they expecting him to do? When he delivered them out of the storm, they were shocked at what he could do. Now think about this. I can can just look right here in my Bible. This is after they had seen Jesus heal many people. You know, this is after... They had seen Jesus heal a man with leprosy. This is after they have seen Jesus teach countless thousands of people. This is after they had seen him begin to show his power on earth. They had seen these things. They weren't just sitting there saying, this is our first day with him. My goodness, look what he just did. They had seen him heal leprosy. They had seen him heal many people at one time. They had seen him cast out demons. They had seen him uh, heal the possessed. They had seen him do so many things to others. But then when he delivered them, they were surprised. They were shocked. They were amazed and they couldn't believe what they had just seen. When God delivers us out of situations, Yes, sometimes I've been amazed. Sometimes I've been shocked. But I always want to be in a position where when God delivers me out of situations that I expected him to do exactly what happened. It might not have been the way I expected. It might not have been how I would have done it. But if I go to God and call on him to help me in any situation, I'm expecting him to do exactly that. And that's deliver me from this situation. We have to remember when we go to God with our problems, when we go to God with our battles, when we go to him ready to surrender it to him, we have to know this, and this is fact you can take this to the bank, you can read it in his word, you can know this, that when we go to him, he's either going to work it out for us or he's going to tell us how to attack it. He's going to work it out for us or he's going to tell us how to attack it. When David was facing Goliath, he told him how to attack it. And then he delivered through his promises when the Israelites were waiting for 40 years, for 70 years, were waiting for a generation. He told them what they were supposed to do. And then he worked it out for them. If you remember through the Israelites, a lot of times the trouble they were into is because they wanted to do things their way. They wanted to do things on their time. They wanted to do things their way. They couldn't wait long enough for what Abraham or Jacob or Isaac or Joseph, what they were telling, they didn't want to hear what they had to say. They had a better idea. And it ended up lengthening the amount of time it took for them to receive the promises that God had promised them. A lot of times when we do things on our own time, we're messing up what God had for us and it's going to lengthen that amount of time it's going to take for us to receive those promises. When we go we have to listen, we have to hear what he has for us, and we have to believe. Go to God with the spirit of surrender. Go to God knowing he's going to take care and deliver you from that situation. Don't go to God with the spirit of fear, but know if you go to him in a spirit of fear, he's still going to deliver you anyways, because he loves us. And I said this earlier, and I'm going to say it again, because I think it's such an important part, an important point to this as I close up. We have to realize that going to God and crying out to him is as much as fighting as it would be if God told us to grab that sling. I think a lot of times in our Christian lives, we get caught in the trap that if we're not doing something, that means we're not trusting God. And we have to remember that the Bible tells us that there's times where we have to be still and know that he is God. There's going to be times where he tells us to pick up our sling and go fight. Then there's going to be other times where he tells us just to be still and know that he's God and know that he's going to take care of whatever happens and know that he's going to deliver you just like he delivered disciples on this boat. And then sometimes we're going to come back and say, or we might have that reaction of who is this? How did this happen? But it's important to remember we already knew how this was going to happen. The disciples knew who to go to. We know who to go to. And then we just need to expect him to deliver us in the way that he's promised, promised us to promised to deliver us he demonstrated for us what we should do in the middle of the storms we should be at peace he demonstrated that for us in the middle of a storm that there's no doubt in my mind he knew was coming he went into the boat and he went to sleep the waves were crashing over and he stayed asleep he was at peace When you have storms in your life, find peace. How do you find peace? You have to let God fill the holes in your life. And that removes the fear. That removes the doubt. That removes any problems that you would have by letting God fill your life. What are you facing today? Are you fighting it? Are you running from it? Are you letting God fight that battle for you? Are you listening for his plan and his directions on what to do for your life? What storm are you staring at today and wondering how it's going to end up? Are you running to Jesus and saying, help me, I'm about to drown? Are you running to Jesus and saying, God, I can't do this. I need your help. I'm surrendering to you. Show me your way through this storm. And he's either going to tell you to get out of the boat and walk to me. And you just have to keep your eye on him or he's going to tell you or tell the storm to disappear. And it will. All we have to do is listen, seek him and trust him. Whatever storm is in your life, give it to him today. Let him fight your battles for you. Let him win the battle for you. And then expect the victory that's going to come out of that. Give your battles to him today. We're going to have a word of prayer. I think Cliff's going to come back and sing one more song for us. If you have a battle that you need to give up, if you have something you need to talk to, contact us. Know it's a little bit different, but let us know. We'll be happy to talk to you, call you, come and see you, and we'll stay a few feet apart. We'll do whatever we need to. But if you have a battle today, give it to him. Let him have it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the fact that you love us. We thank you so much for the fact that we know you're going to fight our battles for us, Lord. We don't have to run from them in fear. We don't have to run from them with anxiety. And we don't have to run from them not knowing how it's going to end up, Lord. We can stand there and fight. And sometimes we can take so much comfort in the fact that we can fight the battles just by standing, by being still and knowing that you're God. Lord, I just pray today that anyone's watching, anyone who hears this, that's facing a storm in life today, Lord, that they find the peace that you demonstrated for us on the boat, that they can find peace in the middle of the, in the battle. They can find comfort in the middle of the storm and they can know that you're carrying them in the roughest parts. Lord, help us to realize that we can fight just by standing shoulder to shoulder with you. We don't have to win every battle on our own, that you're there fighting for us, even when we don't even see it, even when we don't even expect it, even when we don't even realize it. You're fighting for us. Sometimes all it takes is us just getting out of the way. So, Lord, if there's anyone who has a storm that they need to give to you, Lord, I just pray that you give them the comfort and peace and the strength to give that to you this morning. Let them give it away. Let them know that you've got a plan and all you've got to do is speak to it and it's gone. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross for us so we can spend eternity with you. Lord, we thank you for filling up those holes in our lives that we think are empty, that we think are useless, that we think don't work. Lord, you fill those up and you create miracles out of those holes in our lives. We thank you so much for all you've done. We give you the praise and glory this morning. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks again for joining our podcast today. If you're in South Arkansas, we'd love to have you visit us. If you'd like more information on our church, please visit us on Facebook or our YouTube channel at Crossroads South Arkansas. I pray that as God pours his love and grace over you, it overflows onto those around you. God bless from Crossroads.